1: begin to be poured out upon all men. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, is this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. spoken by the prophet this is, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. spoken by the prophet George. In last days I pour out my spirit saying the Lord Some begin to mock and said they've had too much to drink. Peter said these men are not drunk, as yes you he supposed. Here come the preaching and the will begin to flow. They call our men in bed and what shall we do? Repent and be baptized every one of you. Ah, ah, I, 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 I. See that. Spoken by the prophet and Joe. Oh, oh, I see that. see there Spoken by the prophet Joe.
2: Hey, everybody, Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. We are broadcasting live. What is the date today? Is it the 12th? I think that's right. The, uh, what is the date today here? I should know this. Um, yeah, the 12th, February 12th. Pastor Bob sounds like I'm, if it sounds like I'm kind of floundering or not, or kind of goofed up, we, we had to, there was a, some kind of a, I, I don't know, was a basketball game or what was that? Br- hockey tournament, uh. Something that uh, yeah I know <laughs> I've got Cooper in here helping me out a little bit. Anyway, there was a this is a AM radio station that I broadcast on, and the Super Bowl was playing, so I had to wait till that was over. Uh, usually, the football commissioner tries to make that happen for me, but this time something must have had a glitch in their program. But now that's over, and I'm on, so we can move on to the greater things of life, like the tell, tell it like it is radio show. The uh, somebody just texted me and said finally. Finally, yeah. We uh we don't have quite the ratings that the Super Bowl has, but we have a content that can get you to heaven, and I don't think theirs can do that. If you're tuning in for the very first time, Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church, uh, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. We have uh, been in Dickinson for many, many years, started the Pentecostal Church here, the New Life Pentecostal Church. We've got a couple of other churches now out of our church. We've got one in Bowman, one in Beulah, Uh, I think some of those people are listening. Good to have the Bowmanites listening, and maybe the Beachites are listening tonight. I got a text from their pastor. Uh, We've got, boy, we've got a bunch of people listening already, and thank you for being patient. We're going to go longer and later tonight because we were preempted by the Super Bowl on this radio show. But let's see, we uh, we have the team that went to New England. We had seven ladies tonight in our New England prison service. Brother Griffith out in Great Falls, Brother Fuller is listening tonight up on the lake. We've got the Matherns listening, Um, Miles, Sierra, all their children are listening tonight. We've got uh, the uh, Jonestown Massacre in Minneapolis listening. We have Raul listening tonight. We've got um, Sister Brett's listening. Good to see her today at church we've got uh, we've got a Ben Yoder out in Pennsylvania listening on HGR tonight and um so we've got Becky listening we've got uh Pastor Hostetler listening so text me tonight 701-290-7862 we are going to go a little later in the studio I have Cooper Simons with me he's he's the up and coming Abe Simons not quite there on the guitar yet but uh he's he wants to come in and start learning how to how to do this radio thing. And so, um, he's, he's kind of leaning over my shoulder, paying attention to me and, uh, going to point out finer points of scripture for me. I'm sure we're going to put him in on the theological team. Uh, you know, I'm going to probably get right into it tonight. I've got my guitar in the studio. Of course, all my fans are screaming to play and sing. And you know, I, it's, it's difficult to play and sing many times if I play and sing live on the air, um, Sometimes people get so excited, they faint, which is bad if they're driving. So, so, you know, I'm going to tell you, if I do play and sing, kind of calm down, take some deep breaths, you know, don't, don't pass out, don't faint. Oh, let's see. Hey, Brother Johnson just tuned in. I'm just kind of getting my wits here. Brother Luna just tuned in. Uh, we've got two else. Uh, there's some others here. Um, Tim in North Carolina. Someday maybe I'll meet you out there. All right, well, let's get started. I want to I just turn your attention to Matthew chapter 11 today. And this is uh, some scriptures that I talked about in church, and I want to just kind of look over them, and it's going to be a little different than what we talked about in church, I would imagine. Matthew chapter 11, starting with verse 7, and it says, And as they departed Jerusalem, uh, he began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, went what, what went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? It's of course Jesus talking. But what went ye out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went you out for to see? A prophet, yea, I say unto you, more than a prophet. And I'm going to start here tonight um, and I want to talk about this concept that's found in verse seven and verse eight, where Jesus asked the people, What did you go out to see when you went out to listen to John the Baptist preaching? What were you looking for? I I read I read some out of the message Bible in church today, and if Brother Waldron is listening, he's gonna he's gonna roll over because the message bible is not a translation. But it is fun to read sometimes because it's uh, uh, Eugene Peterson that wrote the Message Bible. It's not a translation, it's a paraphrase. But he, he very loosely translated it in a way that just tries to translate the idea. So Matthew eleven seven in the Message Bible says, When John, John's disciples left to report, Jesus started talking to the crowd about John. What did you expect when he went out to see him in the wild? A weekend camper? Hardly. What then? A sheik in silk pajamas? Not in the wilderness, not by a long shot. What then? A prophet. That's right, a prophet. Probably the best best prophet, prophet you'll ever hear. Now, Jesus was wondering what they went out to see. If we can continue in the Message Bible, Matthew 11 and verse 15, Jesus said, Are you listening to me, really listening? How can I account for this generation? The people have been like spoiled children, whining to their parents, We want to skip rope, and you were always too tired. We wanted to talk, but you were always too busy. John came fasting, and they called him crazy. I came feasting, and they called me a lush, a friend of the riffraff. Opinion polls don't count for much, do they? This crowd was fickle. They were seeing what they wanted to see. John the Baptist, they thought he was demon-possessed. Jesus, they criticized him because he had friends that weren't religious. They thought Jesus was carnal. Now, and then Jesus went on in Matthew 11 and 20, and I hope you're holding on through this with me because I'll get to my point here in just a little bit, and that's where we're going to stay. It says in verse Matthew 11 and verse 20 out of the Message Bible that next Jesus let fly on the cities where he had worked the hardest, but whose people had responded the least, shrugging their shoulders and going their own way. Doomed to you, Chorazin, Bethsaida. If Tyre and Sidon had had seen half of the powerful miracles you have seen, they would have been on their knees in a minute. At Judgment Day, they'll get off easy compared to you. And Capernaum, with all your peacock strutting, you're going to end up in the abyss. If the people of Sodom had had your chances, the city would still be around. At Judgment Day, they'll get off easy compared to you. And abruptly, Jesus broke into a prayer, Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from sophisticated know-it-alls, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. I like that. Some people think they're so smart. But they're not getting it. And so, here's my point tonight. This is where we're going to go with this tonight. What do you get out of Jesus? Like, what do you get out of the Bible? You're going to get out of it what you come to it looking for. If you think the Bible is just a a bunch of books written, a bunch of, uh, books written by men compiled into a leather cover and that it is not inspired by God, that's what you're going to get out of it. If you think it's the Word of God, that's what you're going to get out of it. What what are you looking for? What, what do you want to see? What do you want to find? How come there's people like Pastor Bob out there that this is the most important thing that there is to me, and there are other people out there that will tear the pages out and make cigarettes out of it. Like, what, what's the difference? You know, there are some people that believe the Bible is not the inspired Word of God. Some people believe that the inspired Word of God is in the Bible. Like, parts of it are inspired. And then there are people like me that believe the entire Bible is the inspired Word of God in, it, in its entirety see what are you looking for what you know like like if you believe the Bible is the truth I can help you I can point you I can show you I can give you direction we can actually hear God speak to us only if we believe the Bible is true see what kind of preconceived ideas do you have you know um, a preconceived ideas against the Bible and against uh, the one true God of the universe or against the thought of Him are probably some of the greatest um, weapons that the enemy has. Uh, the preconceived ideas, you know, uh, I was taught, teaching a lady many years ago a Bible study, and she said this to me Yeah, I believe certain parts of the Bible are true. That's interesting, isn't it? So we get to pick the parts we think are true. You might as well say none of it's true then because you've just made yourself God. You've made yourself the the Bible expert. Yeah, I believe some of it's true. This person said, yeah, I believe some of it's true. I just don't agree with the part where it says men are better than women. I'm not sure what part that is because I haven't read that yet. That men are better than women. I guess I haven't, you know, you'll have to point that out to me where it's at. You know, this, what are we going to, what, I mean, if you come to God, what are you coming expecting? That's that's what I'm, that was my opening text. Who do you say, what did you expect to see when you saw saw John the Baptist, Jesus said? and they gave their some of them gave their opinion they they said he was demon possessed he was crazy but the opinions of people don't matter much opinion polls don't really count for much do they when it comes to god that's what i like about the message bible it said there he said opinion polls jesus said don't count for much do they in the king james it says wisdom is justified of her children. In other words, whatever set of facts you want to find, you'll find, and you'll back those set of facts up, whether they're right or wrong. But what I want to find is, what does God say? What's God's opinion? 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, it says, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so, this scripture is basically saying, you know, if you have thoughts and imaginations that are against the truth of God, we need to cast those things down. You're listening to somebody tonight on the radio that didn't grow up believing the Bible was true. I did not. I, I was, uh, you know, I mean, I was in college, I was... Uh, avid science fiction reader, reader i i believed in the theory of evolution hook line and sinker i didn't believe it was a theory i I believed it was a fact i believed that we had evolved from single cell animals and they had come from who knows where i didn't have the answer for that but but the uh i believe that you know the survival of the fittest over billions of years caused man to be this higher form of animal that's what i believed i grew up believing that that's the books I read, everything I read, the school I went to, the college I went to. My freshman year in college, in my my biology class, the teacher opened the class by saying this, is there anyone in this class that does not believe the theory of evolution is a fact? Nobody raised their hand, including me. He said, well, for this class, we're going to assume the theory of evolution is not a theory, but a fact it's funny I would remember that because it was just about two and a half or three years later that I came to my faith in the Bible, and now I realize there's a lot of questions that the evolutionists don 't have the answer to, kind of where we 're going tonight um, the um we're going to talk about you know preconceived ideas we're going to talk about. The concept that that um that you can't talk anybody into belief. Uh, you can't. But we are going to get to the concept that I'd like if you are that doubter, if you are that agnostic or even the atheist out there, I wanna I wanna just tell you what could have hurt just to give it a try. That's kind of where we're going tonight. Cooper, do you got anything to add? No, doesn't have anything to add. Am I doing okay as far as theologically and so on so far? Okay, shaking his head yes, that's good. Probably doesn't want to embarrass me. Text me tonight,
3: 701-290-7862. The Lord will be returning very soon. Maybe evening, morning, or at noon Not for the foolish virgins, but the wise Then recompense the world for all their lies The born-again believers will sing their triumph song la! it might not be too long trumpet in the sky, then the archangel will blow it loud, and we'll all meet together in the clouds, even so come Lord Jesus is what we ought to pray, say la, he might just come today. And trials for us to learn To cultivate a Christ-like attitude Be holy unto Jesus The bread of life, our food We'll hear the words Thou good and faithful servant enter in Say, la, your rest will now begin about it before it gets too late. You better say a lot, cause when he comes back, he won't wait. You better count the cost, there's one thing you can't buy. Won't be no tickets sold on eBay when we fly. Jesus is coming back, he's coming back real soon. Don't know just when it could be, morning, night, or noon. Coming back as a thief in the night Before he does, my friends, you better make things right from right. 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 above the clouds, right. we'll live on high No more sickness, no more tears, we'll never have to die The mystery right. of godliness is shown. shown The glory of the Father to us He's been made known Forever we will praise Jesus Throughout eternity Selah Well that's what it means to me That's what it means to me That's what it means to me Well that's what it means to me Lord Jesus Even so completely Lord Jesus Even so completely Lord Jesus Even so completely Lord Jesus You better make things right We just might leave The Holy Ghost to come in. You better make things right. You just might leave tonight. You better get rid
2: of yourself. I'm back. Pastor Bob, tell it like it is radio show. Thank you for communicating with me tonight. You know, I didn't even, I was talking to Cooper didn't even look at my emails, but that's all right. You can email me too, robertsimons58 at com. We're talking about, I suppose we could call it perspective. Um, we, we're, we're talking about uh, what do you see when you've come to God. We're talking about how people like me, This is, this is the most important thing in my life. Other people think it means nothing. What's the difference? Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. And um, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but just because you don't see the value in something does not mean it's not valuable. I mean, if I laid a 20 um, pound chunk of gold out in the middle of the pasture where, um, where Abe or where Cooper is a cowboy out in the, he, he's a, he does cowboy work up North of the badlands. If I laid a 20 pound, chunk of gold out in the middle of all those cows they wouldn't it wouldn't mean anything to them you know they'd try to lick it maybe they think it was a salt block or something but they wouldn't care but that doesn't mean it's not worth anything and this is what jesus was getting at here one of the things he was getting at here is you know you know what did you go out in the in the desert to see what did you go out looking for a prophet or do you think he's just some crazy guy And then Jesus, in the second thing in Matthew 11 that I read, he talked about how, you know, people are constantly not happy. Like he said, he said uh, in the Message message Bible, he said that, he he said that they they, um, uh, you know, you'll complain either way. He said that it's kind of like whining children. They they told their parents we wanted to skip rope and you were always too tired we wanted to talk but you were always too busy in other words it we can't make you happy you know let me let me just tell you this that there are people probably not listening to the program tonight but there are people that complain about everything uh they they'll come to maybe a, a pentecostal church a good pentecostal church i think we I think that the church I pastor is a really good Pentecostal church. I think there are really good people there. I think there are people that are involved. They love people. They're good to people. They're they're good examples of what a, a, a disciple of Jesus should be like. And there would be people that would show up and complain about them. There might be people that would complain because they drive too nice of a car, possibly, or or, or whatever, maybe... Uh, I've had people complain because people come to our church and they dress up in their best clothes. Well, who do those people think they are? They think they're better than everybody else, you know. Like, you know, this. What are you looking for? What What is your reason for coming? You know, um, I, when we first started our church, we you know, the, I was just telling Rod Kleining here. He was here at the station tonight. I was talking to him. I said you know, we didn't have anybody. We had one family coming, my my wife and I and our three kids. We had a, a girl that went to college. One time a family showed up where well, they had some kids and they told me, well, we probably won't be back. We're looking for a church with a better youth program. Well, we didn't have anybody there at the time. I, I, I think I told them, I, I think I either told them or wanted to tell them. I said, I said, well, why don't you stay and we'll start a youth program. You know, like, Like, is it ever good enough? Will you ever find the perfect church? And if you find the perfect church, will there be other people that don't think it is the perfect church? What are you looking for? Are you looking for a church where there's, everybody's perfect in it? Well, you better not come to ours. Now we're, a lot of us are shooting for it. We're trying for it. We're working for it. But even if we, all of us that are coming, would achieve that somehow, we're still reaching out to people like you that aren't per- Oops, not like you, but to people that aren't perfect. You see, interesting to me, on the same church, on the same day, listening to the same singing, the same preaching, the same prayer at the end of the service, you'll find people that have totally different ideas of not only what went on, but what kind of church that it is? Some people will say it's the most. Our church, the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, is the most loving church they've ever been to. Maybe there would be some that would say it's the least loving church. We've got a. Uh, we've we have several new people coming again. One new lady that's been coming a while just baptized her last week. She she says that we're this is the, the most loving bunch of people she's been around but maybe another visitor would come and say the opposite today there was a lady there uh, in in our service that a second time there uh we have encouraged sometimes at the end of the service people to come up to the front of the church and pray and she um she didn't so i walked back to talk to her visited her with her a little while and she said you are so funny she said and i looked at her and i said well most of the people here don't think i'm funny anymore they, they just laughed to be polite they I said they're all used to me they, they 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 got used to me, so she thought I was funny, and there was probably people there that were just rolling their eyes i, I don 't try to be funny i'm not like a stand up comedian or anything, but you see what are you looking for? you know some people might say that's the most judgmental church i've ever been to, and other people might say wow that's the most accepting church i've ever been to." Some people might come and say, oh, I saw such good, honest people and families there. And maybe somebody else would come up and say, I saw hypocrites there. What are you looking for? What do you come to church for? Like, are you coming to criticize? During the the COVID epidemic, which certainly is over now, I, I guess. Nobody has COVID anymore, right? I'm being sarcastic. But anyway, you know, we, you know, yeah, we were concerned at first, but we chose not to shut down, which was, I didn't think was that big of a deal, but boy, it sure turned into a big deal. I think, I don't know, maybe there were other churches in Dickinson that didn't shut down, but we didn't shut down, and we got all kinds of flack for it. I mean, really, it was weird. And then it kind of came to a head. One morning I I was at church and a news. Camera pulled up. The, the governor had said something, uh, mentioned our church. Somebody had asked him in his news conference, they said, we heard there's a church in Dickinson that are still going on with their Easter services. What are you going to do about it? Well, we had <coughs> a news caster with his camera and everything pull up from one of our area news outlets, I think in Bismarck. But I, I didn't want him to film the inside of our church. I asked him, no, I'm not going to do it. He goes, why not? I said, you know, we're just having church. We're not trying to make a political statement here. We're just having church. That's all we're doing. We're not, I'm not trying to tell everybody else they're doing it wrong. This is what we're doing. That's all. But my idea was this, is people could watch that. And as it turned out, they did film us from the parking lot and interviewed some of our people. And it worked out okay. Everything was all right. But my concept is you're going to see what you want to see. If you think we're a bunch of lunatics that are threatening the lives of the whole community because we wanted to have church, that's what you're going to believe. If you're, if you uh, believe like I believe that we shouldn't cancel church it's because of a pandemic, I, I feel like it's it's uh, ordered by the Lord to come together for church. So I, I, I can't get around it. Don't want to get around it. I. If I would have canceled the services, people would have thrown me out as pastor because I pastor a bunch of people out here in Western North Dakota that not only believe they should go to church, but they believe in personal freedom also. Thank God we have that in America, or I used to think we did, but I guess we still do because they didn't throw me in jail for having church. I, I, you know, I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but the, I, I guess I do. You know, the point is, is during that time, We were criticized, but we were also applauded. There were people since then, during that time, that have visited our church just because they said, we're not Pentecostal, but they closed our Catholic church down, and we want to go to church somewhere. You know, they closed our Baptist church, they closed our Methodist church, they closed our Lutheran church, and we'd like to go to church somewhere. So there were people that definitely thought we were doing the right thing. Then there were people... I definitely thought that we were crazy and and threatening people's lives. Which way is it? Like, what do you, when we come to God, when we come to the Bible, when we come to a Pentecostal church, what are we looking at? What are we expecting? What are we thinking is going to happen? You see that, you know, what, what did you come to see, Jesus said? You know, the the um uh, like right now listening to me on the radio, do you have a big chip on your shoulder? I I kind of doubt it, but maybe there's somebody out there listening that just likes to listen because you like to get mad. Maybe you're just like, you know, I'm going to listen to Pastor Bob because I don't agree with a word he says and I I just want to get mad. Say something to make me mad, Pastor Bob. Maybe that's you. I kind of doubt we have many of those, maybe some I'm guessing you would have already turned it off. You know, is, is that, is that what it is? Maybe there's some that think that I'm doing this for the money. Maybe there's some people like that. You know, like, um, if you've listened very long, have I asked anybody ever to give a dollar to this radio program ever? No. Uh, I've told people that say, we want to support your radio show. I, I always tell them, take your mom out to eat instead. You know, we we're not on the radio to do that. That's not that's not why we're here. You know, I I I don't I don't want you to send me a dollar. I you know, yeah, it costs money to be on the radio, but our church pays for it. We're doing this as an outreach. It, to me it would be counterproductive to ask for money on it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I've never done it. You know, this this is not like like I don't get richer by $1 coming in here on Sunday nights. I don't get richer by $1 by being a pastor. You see, this is not some kind of a show that I'm trying to make money on religion. The only reason I'm on this radio station is, and it's really one reason, and I'm trying to get this Acts 238 message out into as many people's lives as I possibly can. You say what is the Acts 238 message? Well, thank you for asking. Because it is the it is the plan of salvation that we have to go to heaven. Once we've known and understood that Jesus went to a cross and died for our sins on that cross. The way we respond to that to have forgiveness of sins is Acts 238. Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy ghost and so this acts 238 message i am trying to get this into the hands of people this isn't a this isn't a show this isn't a this isn't a game this isn't i like i don't have any ulterior motives that i could possibly think of you know i um right now i've got you know a a beautiful granddaughter, maybe a great-granddaughter, great-grandson great still at my house. I don't know if they're still there. I could go home and play with them. It's not that I don't enjoy doing this. I do. And I'm not trying to be defensive here. I'm just telling you that this is not a show to me. But it might be a show to you. You might think it's just all fake. But there is a real heaven. There is a real spiritual world. There is a real hell, there is a devil, there is a god. Because you can't experience him with the five senses, and let me just tell you this, there's more than five senses. Anyway. You know, even even sense of balance is a sense. Did you know that? Like we talk about the five major senses. There's more senses than five senses. Sense of balance. A sense of time. Did you know that's a sense that we have a built in clock? There's all kinds of senses. And there's also things that we can't sense, but they're still real. Like right now, if you're listening to me on an AM radio station, you have no sense that can sense a radio wave, but it's still real. You know it's real. You're listening to me. You've got to have the right transmitter, the right receiver, I should say, to pick it up. And so we know those things are real. Faith is just like that. It's real. But there are people listening tonight that might not even think it's real. See this this th- th- this is not a a show. It's not it's not a fairy tale. It's real. You know, th- th- you know this um I'll probably go to a song here but I'm going, to go, I'm going to go a little late tonight just because we were preempted on a radio station here by a ball game, but uh, we've got Cooper in the studio tonight. He's trying to learn learn the ropes. I'm not turning anything over to him just yet. We're going to play another song by Bill Farron. If you are listening to me tonight, would you text me, 701-290-7862? Send me a text. And let me know which way you're listening. If you're out of the country... Email me Robert Simons fifty eight at Gmail.
3: Without you, we don't know which way. Master's hand. Without you we don't know just what we're doing. That's why we need the Master's plan. Does it seem to be worth living without you? We just exist. Without you, we're just going through the motions. Without you, we're in a fix. So I'll hang on to. Your Promises you I can't wait without you I'd be bound my freedom would be gone without you pitfalls snares and chains I'd be the devil's pawn. without you I'd be drifting like a ship without a sail without you life spins out Control, like a kite without a tail without you, without you Without you Without you there is no peace within the trial Without you we cannot see want to work together It's much too high to pay. Why would you want confusion when peace can come your way? If you would gain the whole world as sin demands control, what will you have gained in the end when you have lost your soul?
2: That's Bill Farron. It's a long song, but it's a great song. His uh, album called The Captain. We've been playing some music off of that tonight. Pastor Bob the Tell It Like It Is radio show. You are listening on in February the uh, 12th, 2023 is when I'm doing this live. If you're listening to a podcast, this is also on an AM radio station that we do every Sunday night from the studios of KDIX Dickinson, North Dakota. I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive in Dickinson. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. We have service Wednesday nights at 7.30. Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock, is Sunday school and Bible class. 11 o'clock is our worship service. We have uh, also a men's Bible study on um, on. Friday mornings. Last Friday morning, we met at McDonald's. That was kind of fun. At six o'clock, Friday mornings, we have um, youth activities. We have out. We have churches in Beulah. One uh, churches in Beach. Beulah has a Wednesday night service Sunday morning. Beach has a Wednesday night service Sunday morning. Bowman has a Wednesday night service. I'm sorry. Beach has a Tuesday night service and Sunday morning. Bowman has a Wednesday night service. Sunday morning, is that beach pastor still listening to me? He had tuned in a few minutes ago, Pastor Joe Hostetler, listening. So there's a lot of ways that you can come to church in this area and be part of an Acts 238 church. We still believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. We still believe in holiness, which in the next several Wednesdays, I'm teaching in our church in Dickinson a series on Christ on, uh setting christian standards everything that's successful has standards to operate by and uh i love to have you come if you wonder where pentecostals come up with their standards their rules to live by uh you'll find out we did the introduction last wednesday this wednesday i'm going to continue on with it uh come on you know uh, you know if your church doesn't have standards of 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 to live by, you know, they're not doing you right. Everything that is successful has standards. Set standards. We're all on one team working together. Let's see, who's all texting to me? The, um, yeah, that's, I see that. I don't have time to read that, but I'm kind of glancing over it. Tonight we're talking about you're going to find what you're looking for. I brought my guitar in the studio, but I don't think I'm going to play it. I'm being kind of bashful. So I don't think I'll play it tonight, but... It's, it's, it's important that, that we don't become cynical, that we don't become negative. People that walk away from the truth, walk away from faith, are those, those that struggle spiritually are those that are focusing on the wrong things. Instead of focusing on God, instead of focusing on God's people and how they are striving to to live for him they focus on the inconsistencies of others <clears throat> they focus on their little hurts and things that hurt them people that said things that were hurtful or not considerate or whatever Um you know I mean it's it's crazy like I say uh I as a pastor I'm preaching, one person is nodding, getting so much out of it, another person gets disgusted and walks out. What's the difference? What did? What does Jesus see when he sees his church? What do you see? You know, is it possible that you won't give God a chance because you've got preconceived ideas? Is it possible that you won't give God's people a chance because you've got preconceived ideas? Is it possible that you won't give Pastor Bob a chance because you have preconceived ideas? You've already decided you don't agree with me, and so you're not going to listen to me. And I know I'm sounding like I'm battling something or defensive, but I'm, I'm just talking supposing who might be listening. Like, you know, like, For instance, I preach to our church that if you're a member of our church, I don't want you drinking at all. Some people look at that as, thank you so much. That's a safeguard. Wow, I'm glad my children and I come to this church. We don't need nothing to do with that. Uh, You know, my dad drank himself to death. I'm glad you're taking a stand on that, Pastor Simons. Other people might come and say, that's restrictive. That's legalistic. What about... You know, just having a nightcap. What about having a glass of wine at Thanksgiving? Like, two different people looking at it in two completely different ways. And I could go on and on and on with all kinds of examples tonight. But in Matthew chapter 11, and and if you're wondering why I'm going just a little longer, we started a little late, so I'm going to go just a little longer. But Jesus, He did get frustrated with the cities. The Bible said in, in in Matthew 11 and verse 20, Jesus, the cities where he worked the hardest, but where the people had responded the least. Just shrugging their shoulders, doing their own thing. And Jesus made a statement I want you to focus on. He said, he told the people in Capernaum, He said, if I would have went to Sodom and preached to them like I'm preaching to you, that city would still be standing today. It wasn't that Sodom wasn't sinful. It was. Sodom was a place of violence. The city of Sodom was a place where homosexuality was prevalent, and homosexuality is a sin. It's against what God wants us to do and be. But Jesus said, if I would have went to Sodom, that city would still be standing today because they would have believed me. That just goes to show you can't judge a book by the cover. There might be people in Dickinson that are living that lifestyle right now that want to know this truth. And I sure want you to know this truth. Let me say it again. I've said it for years. I don't care what background you came from. I don't care whose bed you've been sleeping in. It doesn't make any difference what you've been doing. We want you at the New Life Pentecostal Church. The very name New Life means you can, you can change. You can start over again. You can become part of God's people. And there isn't anybody that's going to hold it against you. doesn't matter what it is. You know our church is made up of all kinds of different backgrounds and cultures. so you're not so good you don't need God and you're not so bad you can't have him either way. well, I'll probably I'll probably wrap it up, but what are you looking for? You know, what What did you come to see? What kind of show did you come to watch? 44 years ago, my wife and I attended a Pentecostal church for the very first time. And we walked in, and it took. The hook was set. I fell in love with it. I heard the truth. I felt the presence of God. I saw sincere people. 44 years ago, I'm still drug-free. I'm still loving church. Still loving my Bible. And I still love the people of God. That's what I came to see. Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast, God, we ask you to help us work a work in our life. God, we pray that you would touch us. God, we ask you to work in our listening audience. I pray, Lord, that those that are cynical tonight, those that are have maybe been burned by religious people, whatever the excuse is, God, that they would give you one more chance to work in their life. I just pray in the name of Jesus. Well, I'm going to play one of my favorite songs. I think this might be one of Cooper's favorite songs, too. You like this muddy Mississippi song? Uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next Sunday night for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Until then, God bless. Come see me at church this week if you live in the Dickinson, North Dakota area.
1: Billy Ray Murray was a mighty mean man, had a reputation as a devil's right hand. Cost like a sailor, always looking for a fight. Truck that he tied scared the congregation one Sunday in May when he ran up to the altar and they heard Billy say, Take me to the river, wash me clean, let my sins drift down to New Orleans. Out into the middle, of the drop of Mexico where they'll be forgotten now. And- Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. The preacher took him by the arm and hid it out the door. Everybody followed all the way to the shore. In the back of our minds, while we stood there and prayed, we were waiting for the color of the water to change. But it never did. It was as filthy as him. He popped up out of the water and he said it again. Wash me clean. Let my sins drift down to New Orleans. Out into the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. Where they'll be forgotten and no one will ever know. Just how dirty I was before I met the Lord. I'm the kind of sinner that he made the muddy Mississippi before.